0: sally musa only on pulse 95. we are so excited this is amazing we have a very special guest with us here in the studios of pulse 95 here on life beat the right honorable michael jean is here with us and we are very honored to have you Thank you very much. Your Excellency, this is amazing. Um, We were just watching, a a little bit watching, we were on air as well, Uh trying to watch your speech and trying to, you know, listen a little bit, but also um, thank you for being at uh, the IGCF. This is amazing. I feel very honored and I must say that I really appreciated you. Conversation
1: yesterday with Irina Bokova, it was of great quality, really.
0: Oh my goodness, that that means a lot coming from you, but uh, you yourself, We need to uh, give an introduction because you are really somebody who is incredibly extraordinary. For those that don't know, uh, in 2005, uh, Michael Jean became the Governor General of Canada. You are a social activist, a global citizen. You are a black woman, uh, a refugee from Haiti as well. Somebody with an extraordinary story and somebody who is out to redefine the possibilities of government, of life, of representation—I don't even know where where to start. <laughs> I don't
2: blame you, absolutely not. We are so grateful for this opportunity.
0: But I think it's—I uh, see it as a responsibility.
1: You know, when you are in office and uh, carrying out such uh, a huge responsibility, it's uh, really important, actually, to contribute to something that is greater than yourself. It's not just about me. But I know how much my experience can speak to so many and can be emblematic also of something that we are building in Canada and that we believe in.
0: Your Excellency, you were the first to hold that position as, as a, a black woman right. in Canada, as Governor General and Commander-in-Chief. Tell us about what that meant to you and how this really changed things. I know that
1: uh, as I was traveling the world in that position and crisscrossing Canada, um, what it sent as a signal for someone like me, who was not born in Canada, who arrived in Canada as a refugee, um, who experienced also some, some challenges, it wasn't easy, yeah. um, who um, actually represents this uh, value that is put in, in, in diversity in Canada. You know, when we speak about diversity in Canada, we don't, we don't talk about the other. It's all of us. It's us as a nation. It's really, really important. And uh, with that, with that experience, with everything that is me as a person and as a a Canadian experience, I was able actually to bring people together, um, to open spaces for dialogue, to address, specific issues that we are confronted with and that we need to tackle collectively. You will, you will see, and you heard me, um, when I speak about Canada, I'm not saying that we, it's all perfect. No. I'm saying that we, to us it's really important to address the issues because it's, it is part also of tackling the issues. And it's important to build a, a relationship of trust that is very inclusive. To me, in my terms, good governance is about inclusion. It's, it's, it's the key.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And Your Excellency, you have a motto about breaking solitude. Yes. And when it comes to inclusion, uh, very often there are certain factions of society, whether it's in Canada or elsewhere, that genuinely feel isolated, mm-hmm. genuinely feel g- tremendously in solitude. Mm-hmm. What are the forms of communication, the outreaches that uh, we can help h- help them become less uh, isolated and, and bring them back?
1: I think um, breaking down solitude is about bringing people together. It's about addressing also situations of exclusion. Uh, And what is exclusion? Exclusion actually creates a deficit. A deficit of participation. A deficit of energies, of ideas, of creativity, of possibilities. So I think fighting exclusion must be a major, major priority in all societies if you want to build that social cohesion that is so important. But right now, what we're seeing in the world, everywhere, there's an erosion of trust an erosion of trust in, in decision-makers, in lawmakers, in institutions. And this it can be very disruptive in our societies and, I would say, at a global level also. Look how people right now are manifesting like a distrust in, in multilateralism. You have uh, a lot of uh, states and, and countries where you can feel that there's like a situation of, of withdrawing themselves yes. and, 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 and really not thinking collectively anymore and putting aside these important values of solidarity of, of uh, um, really coming together gathering our efforts to tackle you know some, some social issues and challenges that we need to address so, so I find that trust is essential continuing to cultivate the sense of trust that is so essential for good governance and it comes with inclusion always m- making sure that people understand and 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 up op- that they are part of the solution that their initiatives must be considered with respect and uh, and that we must be there as decision-makers listening to to what people and citizens are are carrying on their shoulders.
0: We are here at the International Government Communication Forum. What do you think that governments need to do to regain the trust of their people? They need to uh,
1: be respectful. Uh, They need actually to cultivate their credibility, and credibility is about also addressing the truth. What is the truth? The truth is making sure that you are all, you remain, you know, to the fact. You, you address the real issues instead of, you know, putting them aside and pretending that all is perfect. You make sure that you listen to people and that you are really connected to what they are actually experiencing as difficulties. Because people are feeling abandoned. People are feeling abandoned and we see that everywhere. We see that everywhere and it becomes a big challenge uh, because um, it, it, it is counterproductive. And you know, people are courageous. What I like is to see how ordinary men, women and youth are committed really to uh, bring about change, to uh, taking actions, Uh, building initiatives that are so essential uh, to, um, I would say, uh, creating more harmony and a sense of of togetherness, a sense of, of belonging. This is so crucial. So if we don't invest in this human capital at work, you know and in action we are losing we are creating a huge deficit and and i and i want to say how much it's important also when we say investing in human capital investing in in women initiatives youth initiatives seeing them as trailblazers seeing them as change makers innovators seeing them as
0: essential as essential as like they're not we're not doing anyone a favor no by bringing in women and pop- or you Exactly this is who we are exactly. we have to embrace every part of who we are We have to embrace every part of who we are and also
1: populations have changed Now people are demanding now people want like a paradigm shift they want to feel that they are listened to they want to feel that they are part of the conversation and that nothing can be Uh, Nothing about them can be without them. (laughs) This is a key also uh, approach. Nothing about us without us. It's really essential.
2: Your Excellency, uh, we were talking about youth uh, a few seconds ago and uh, you were quoted as speaking that youth are the best kept public secrets Mm -hmm. Uh, and within the UAE we have a youth authority, there is a platform just across the studio dedicated to the involvement of youth. Can you perhaps, Your Excellency, just remind us all how, how significantly important the youth are to communication and to uh, making the world a better place in a region where sometimes and i think globally this mm-hmm. may be the case where youth are traditionally you looked at negatively mm-hmm. m- looked at as a disruption uh, how do we change that perception
1: i think that every change in human history has been uh, actually ignited by 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 the youth uh, by very progressive and uh, and uh, I would say constructive uh, new approaches, uh, and and the youth has never been so important in the balance. In, in in our history than now. You have so many countries today where 70% of the population is under 30. So there are some leaders who see that as a threat almost. They're afraid of youth. They don't know how to engage with youth. Because they, they represent change. Yeah, and, and I think this re- reluctance to considering change as, as a positive energy is, is, is a problem. It's like we're missing, I mean, the message here. And I find that even my legacy as former Governor General and Commander-in-Chief of Canada is dedicated to youth, and especially youth who are under, uh, like uh, disenfranchised, who are experiencing some difficulties, but at the same time are so courageous, so imaginative, so, I would say, uh, inspirational. And and something that we have observed, and when I say we, I also want to include my, my husband, who is a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker, is how much young people use creativity and innovation, even the arts, as tools for social change. It's about creating safe spaces where we can have sometimes difficult conversations, we can address difficult and uncomfortable, you know, uh, issues, but at the same time, knowing that uh, it is part of building something new. It's about, like, exploring other ways of doing things and and, and, and engaging, you know, uh, in, in society. And I have the highest respect for young people. Um, I think uh, I... I you can feel my energy. My energy comes from them. I'm never, never. I mean, pessimistic because I can see so much hope in what young people are introducing in our in our in our societies and in the world today. Look at them. They're questioning things. Of course, sometimes you know they're putting us in a in in a, a, like a situation where we feel that you know. the
2: They're making us uncomfortable, I guess.
1: Yes. It's disruption, yeah. It's disruption, but it's creativity. Yes. And listening to it, including them, is like an extra value. It's innovation. It's innovation. We should never fear Mm. that. We should work with that. And the youth sense it. When they feel that they are listened to, it's they're so generous of their time and without being asked they're building solutions
0: yeah i I need to ask you about you know your background makes you a different kind of a leader as a refugee as a black woman as somebody from haiti um the importance of diversity in leadership and what a difference that really and absolutely can make and do you think we're seeing enough of that um,
1: I've experienced something quite interesting. For example, sitting at the United Nations at times um, for important discussions, let's say about migration, how often I was the only one uh, in a position to say what we're talking about here is not about datas, it's not about statistics and numbers, it's about a human experience, and um, and I've been there. And people would say, "Yeah, she's been there." I know what it takes to overcome uh, such a challenging situation, where you have to rebuild yourself. You have to really um, change a situation where you are in a in a, in in intense precarious you know situation I remember that you know when you are falsely exiled you know exact. it's um, it, it, the strength it takes to um, really rebuild your life is incredible but what I found in Canada when we arrived as refugees we were never alone every time we had to overcome a problem, there was always, you know, a civil society organization, an association, you know, like uh, adding to the general, you know, uh, government programs for integration. But there, there were always people there to, to, to hold your hand and help you overcome that, that situation. It is called solidarity. It is called knowing that you know, it, it's a shared responsibility to address the situation of, of precarity, of insecurity, of vulnerability. We don't
0: step back and say, that's not my problem. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's empathy. It's empathy. It's empathy. Yes. It is so vital.
1: And empathy is a value that is so important. So important. Uh, you know, I remember having a conversation on a state visit um, in a country where I was asked what is your secret in Canada because you are a land of such diversity and you seem to be like addressing it in the proper manner and um, what I, my answer was and they were saying well we have refugees coming and migrants and we don't know how to deal with them and I said remember one thing in your history in your experience there was a time where you were there too you were on that same road when you see that poor migrant don't see him or her as a problem you have to remember that you've been there your grandfather your grandmother have been there you were in that situation so you have to identify to this reality and say it could be me it has been me you know it could happen to me too so the human dimension is so important putting the human experience you know as a priority and at the center of your vision of 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 a situation and, and uh, making it also a
0: strength to address it. Amazing. Incredible. We really could talk to you forever, Your Excellency. Thank you. Uh, the Right Honourable Madame uh, Michael-Jean, Governor-General and Commander-in-Chief uh, previously of uh, Canada from 2005 to 2010. Thank you so Thank much. So much. Thank It was an amazing conversation with you. It was a pleasure. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you.
1: This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.